Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Come on, after what we've been through this morning. Uh, I left an hour and a half early, uh, was up at the crack of dawn, and uh, picked Carson, a student who's just graduated, picked him up on Killarney Road in Fredericton. So I know the area well, so I thought, well, I'll just come up the back way. I got to Burt's Corner to see heavy equipment completely blocking. It said no through traffic. Okay, but when I actually got to the barricade, there was no traffic going through, not just no through traffic. So we had to turn around and drive back and go back to Fredericton and then come back around. And so thank, and I thought the service started at 11. So when Pastor called me at 9.59, said, how you doing? I thought, well, this is strange. Like, why, why is Isaac calling? We're doing great. We'll be there like 10.30. We're about 15 minutes late from what I wanted to be here. Uh, no, I'm 30 minutes late. So anyway, my name's Terry. I am the development officer at Teen Challenge. It is awesome to be here. It's good to see you this morning. Um, and let's see if we can make this, where do I point? Point it at you? There you go. All right. Uh, how many of you are familiar with the organization of Teen Challenge? Okay, most are. Um, we are a, uh, located in Memram Cook, New Brunswick, just outside of Moncton. And, uh, we are, uh, I'll share a little bit more of what we do uh, as we go along, but what I want to do this morning is talk to you about the state of addiction here in Canada. Oh, stay behind the mic. Right on. Great. I want to talk to you about the state of addiction in Canada. The challenge... There's a lot going on in my life. There's a lot going on in the lives of each one hearing my voice here in person and online. So we just invite your presence. Thank you for the invitation to come and share with these dear folks again. And I pray that you would continue to run this service this morning. You are here and we welcome you. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Listen, th- this is just how it's going to be, right? So it's just going to how it's be. I've been a pastor for 42 years. I preached in little country churches where I thought I was gonna die, it was so hot, I was gonna say something else, but I won't. Uh, So, let me talk about the state of addiction in Canada. We are uh, worse than we've ever been. When I was here, this I think my third or fourth visit, and uh, I used to talk about the war. Uh, Well, it hasn't gotten better. 
uh, over the last two years with the pandemic and our trying to figure out how to deal with the virus and, and how to protect ourselves. Imagine, and this, this, what I'm about to say is not, am I free to run around now? Okay. Um, what I'm about to say is not meant to be a political statement. Okay, so forgive me. What I want to tell you is the reality of what's happened because of what we did. Whether you agree with what we did or not is not what I want to talk about this morning, okay? Lock people down, isolate them, force them to stay away from work, stay away from their family, to force them to isolate, and to give them lots of money was a recipe for disaster if you're dealing with addiction, okay? That's just a fact. Can we agree to that? That's just a fact. I'm not saying yes or no. I don't want it to be a political statement. Right now, every day, 19 people die every day as a result of opiate overdoses and other drug-related issues. Another statistic that I read just recently says that every 49 minutes, someone dies. That means that by the time you started, it's, it's in the next nine minutes, somebody here is going to drop dead. How would you feel about that, friends? Seriously, how would you feel if while we're sitting here this morning, uh, I'm going to pick on this lady right here, she just fell over. I mean, we would go, we would go crazy, right? I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, what, what happened? But that's what's happening in our society. People are dying. The work of Teen Challenge, what we see, we recognize that there are no boundaries to addiction. It doesn't matter which side of the tracks you grew up on. I grew up on the other side of the tracks. Okay, I, I grew up, and, and this addiction, especially alcohol addiction, and I'm, my mom's from uh, Connell Road, it was normal. And the abuse, physical, sexual, and emotional that comes along with that was normal. Drama was normal. Are you with me? Addiction is a huge, huge problem that no one, no one in this room, no one is um, immune to. There's none of us in this room that can say, you know what, well, it won't touch me, it won't affect me. Doesn't matter how well-educated you are. Doesn't matter how strong, how involved you are in the church. Doesn't matter. Addiction knows no boundaries. All ages, all walks of life. Carson's gonna come up and do a Q&A with me in a few minutes, and you'll see that in his own story, you'll see that some of those things that I'm saying are absolutely true. So, I want to start off by encouraging you to grab one of these brochures, it's called Get Help Today, toll-free number 877-343-1022. If you know somebody that's struggling with addiction, take one of these brochures and lovingly give it to them, even if they just say, I don't want it, and they put it on the top of the fridge. They throw it in a wastebasket somewhere. Take one of them and actually help us spread the word because Teen Challenge is still too much of a well-kept secret. 
take a couple, and when you go to the restaurant this afternoon, take one and put it in the bathroom. Lay it on the back of the stall or put it by the, by the, the, the sink. Help us get word out because there are still thousands of people right here that are dying that have no hope and we have the answer for them. When you call this toll-free number, by the way, you are not gonna get a clinician. You are going to get one of our students who's graduated and has fallen in love with Jesus and knows what it likes, what it's like to have been in addiction. And they're the guys and gals that are gonna answer the phone. Oh, <laughs> there we go. So our program is a proven faith-based approach. We've had outside organizations come in and audit us. One gentleman actually wrote a doctoral thesis from Northwestern University in Chicago. Big book, this thick. Half the words I can't read because they're this long. But at the end, his conclusion was that the teen challenge ministry approach and the fact that it's about a relationship with Jesus was his, was his educated conclusion, and it's the end of his doctoral thesis, that that's what makes the difference. There are all kinds of great programs, and thank God for them. I know men who've gone away for a 30-day government program and got what they needed and moved on with life. I know guys that have done 90-day programs, and it's been enough, and they've gone on with life. But there are too many that that's not enough. There are too many that what they need, ours is a year-long program. It's 12 months. And most guys will tell you that's the last place they want to be. We were talking to a student who's graduated just recently. His name is Costa. And he was with me just a few weeks ago, just before he graduated. And he told the congregation this. He said, you know what? It was the last place I wanted to be. A faith-based program, one year away from home, who wants to do that? But the judge gave him a choice, either go to jail for several years or go and get help. Because if you come back to me again, you won't have a choice the next time. Three months into the program, Costa found Jesus. Changed his life. About four or five months in, he was baptized. And now he's walking with Jesus. We are actually a part of a group of nine centers across Canada. You can see the picture there in the circle. The bottom left corner is the men's center. We bought an old monastery in Memram Cook 16 years ago now, uh, renovated it. We now have room for 24 men, uh, plus four phase four interns. Uh, and uh, we, are, we made the decision in January of this year, we've never been full. We've had as many as 16, 17 men uh, but with COVID and all of the things that have happened, we made the decision nationally that we would open every bed at every center because the need is huge. So altogether, we would have room for 233 men and women across Canada. I'll show you some pictures in a minute. We opened a women's center in St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, we have room for six ladies there and trying to increase capacity. There's things we need to do with the sewer and permits and so on to be able to increase the capacity of that. Um, but I'm proud to be a part of this group across Canada. Please pray for us because opening every bed 
isn't as simple as the decision to say, yes, we want to make room for more people. Uh, it's expensive to do that. We have room for 24 men, but when 24 men actually arrive, then, well, do the math as to how much it's going to cost extra for food, for staffing, for transportation, because we take the men to church on Sunday, we take them to the parole officer, we take them to a dentist and doctor. Uh, we, 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 they live with us, and we help them get their life back. Uh, so please pray. Uh, it's expensive. These are our 2021 graduates. Um, COVID last year uh, locked us down, and uh, we, there was a period at the men's center in Moncton, in Memram Cook, when we couldn't bring anybody in from March until June, and I think we had one or two men came in July, August, and then we were locked down again for a while. We'd never sent anybody home, but it was very, very difficult uh, for men to come. So we only graduated four uh, men last year, uh, Tyler, Donnie, um, Riley, and Kevin. And I believe Kevin was here last year with me during the program. Kevin was a former NHL hockey player, and would, I believe he shared his story with you last year. I just talked to Kevin a couple of days ago on the phone. By the way, Kevin uh, is continuing to walk with God. He was actually visiting his family in Kapolei and has his three little girls, his two little girls uh, in his life again. And uh, it's amazing to see what God's been doing. And I will remember, there we go. So let me be clear about what we're about. Uh, Teen Challenge is committed our mission is twofold. It's to help men and women overcome substance abuse. But you know what, friends? There's lots of organizations. There's lots of places where you can go to get dry. There's lots of places where you can go to get sober, to get off of drugs, to get off of booze. But the second half of our mission statement reminds me of a sermon I heard years ago about Moses and the people of Israel. You remember the story when God brings Moses uh, after the burning bush experience and he comes back to Egypt and God uses Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt. And it takes about 40 days or so for them, the, the various, the 10 plagues, ending with that final plague of the death of the firstborn where they finally are able to leave. So let's say for sake of discussion that it took 40 days for Israel to leave Egypt. It took God 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. These people were used to being slaves. They were used to, to, to a very different life, and now they're free. You can get clean and sober in 30 days, but why were you constantly using in the first place? What's the bigger issues what are those negative core beliefs we talk about that's going on in your heart and in your head? Our mission is to help men and women overcome substance abuse, to lead full and productive lives. Have you ever heard this phrase? Put your hand up if you've heard it. How many of you heard this? Once an addict, always an addict. You heard that phrase? Once an addict, always an addict. Once a drunk, always a drunk, right? You've been a mess up your whole life and that's all you're ever gonna be. Well, can I tell you two things? One, we don't believe that at Teen Challenge. We don't believe that at all. Two, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That is not what the Bible says. 
Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give you abundant life. And Paul says that anyone who is in Christ, 1 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We believe that introducing men and women to Jesus, that is the key to recovery. That is the key to rehab. And that is what we're involved in. I wanna skip through because I was late getting here. And I wanna invite Carson to come up and join me. And uh, we're gonna talk. Would you welcome Carson Rood, graduated in May. And uh, come right on up. There's a, I'll let you have the mic. Thanks for coming this morning, brother. Thank you, Terry. So Carson, tell us, tell the, our friends, what was life like for you growing up? Um, my childhood and stuff, I thought uh, I had a normal life, uh, good parents. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Dad had a very good job. And uh, I got to travel around a lot with my dad in the woods. He was a woodsman, so... Uh, Yes, in saying that, um, but uh, early in my childhood, around 12, 14 years old, I uh, started uh, dibbling and dabbling with drugs, as my friends did, uh, a little bit of marijuana and alcohol. Yeah, so that leads into that next question. Um, when were you first introduced to drugs and alcohol, and what, what kind of a journey did that take you on? Uh, probably at the age of 14, uh, I was just trying to keep up with my friends. Um, I was a motorcycle enthusiast, and that's what I ended up doing for a living, of being a mechanic. Uh, but I uh, had very various amount of accidents on a motorcycle, and uh, I was always impaired. Uh, ended up spending a lot of time in the hospital and uh, at the age of 14 I went through a windshield of a car and from there it was uh, a seven month stay in a hospital.